more than 95% of people don't use a buyer's agent. So yes, they're professionals, but a different type of professional, a more discretionary, nice to have professional, not a professional in the sense that to change in the wiring in this house, I'm definitely going to use an electrician. They're not electricians. They're not dentists. They're not surgeons. All right. They're gardeners. Gardeners are also professionals, guys. Let's not discardeners. They're respectable people, but they're not necessary. And that's my that's my philosophy. They're not necessary. The reason people use them more often than not is because all the content in Australia is consumed or or like dominated by buyers agents. They tell you if they if you don't use them, you're going to make mistakes. And I just I'm not a big fan of that fear mongering. I've in my experience genuinely found that with the right tools, with a dollop of education and just with that right amount of time, you can do it yourself. That's just the biggest mistake. Don't let I think the key um, to to any successful investment is. Hi there again, Get Investors. Welcome back to part two of our great conversation with PK Gupta from Oz Property Mastery. Last week, we dug deep and unpacked PK's personal property investment journey to financial freedom, along with a host of insights and learnings. So if you haven't listened to this yet, make sure you do, along with my recent interviews with him on current topics of interest on Realty Talk. This week, we take to the next level by revealing his unique data-led educational DIY approach that will help you to buy the top 5% of growth and high cash flow properties and grow your portfolio without wasting months doing research, spending all of your weekends at inspections, or spending thousands on buyer's agents. It's a great down-to-earth, open and honest discussion with a proven performer, and I know you're going to learn lots from his insights. So, enjoy. Welcome to Get Invested, the leading weekly podcast to help you unlock your full potential and enjoy your version of sustainable success that lies at the intersection of your three elves yourself, your health, and your wealth. I'm your host and guide, Bushy Martin, and each week we go deep, sharing great conversations with proven experts in all walks of life, including the best investors, property experts, analysts, leaders, founders, sports stars, and health gurus, to uncover their secret know-how and where they invest their time, their skills, and their money, and the benefits that this creates. To help you find out what it takes to break free from the grind, and discover your flavor of freedom to create your freedom formula. You see, the truth is that everyone invests. Every second of every minute of every day, we're investing our time, our skills, our energy, and our money in something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, and sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen, not let it happen. You'll hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent so that you can live more, work less, and live your legacy by investing now. You'll enjoy the stories and secrets of high performers who invest for success in every aspect of their lives and discover the top tips on how to get started, how to make the most of your investment journey, and ultimately, to be living your dream, not someone else's. As you engage in each episode, you'll glean the information, inspiration, and implementation that you need to get empowered and get invested in imagining and actioning the life that you've always dreamed about. And Get Invested is proudly part of Property Hub, your home for property investment insights and inspiration. 
Make sure you subscribe now on your favorite podcast player to get every episode of Get Invested and Realty Talk, which is Australia's leading and longest running online property show that's full of red hot property investing news and insights direct from all of the industry leaders and influencers. You can also connect with me personally and join the Get Invested community of fellow freedom fighters at bushymartin.com.au or on knowhowproperty.com.au. Now, let's get invested. I now want to sort of dive a bit deeper back into the property uh, subject. And I'd, given that you uh, help and talk to a lot of people uh, on the journey, I'd, I'd love for you to share what are some of the major mistakes that you see uh, investors making or, or potential investors making? Um, I think it comes back to that uh, whole concept of 10% of people actually think and 20% of people think they think. So like I've been very fortunate to have, you know, work with, um, like thousands of investors now, and I consistently see that in their portfolios, because I have privy to their portfolios, they're consistently seeing bad property purchases. You know, it might be hugely negatively geared, not anticipating rate rises. It might be just languishing in terms of growth. It might be in a mining town. It might be unnecessarily negatively geared to try save tax. And the thing is, it's not that they've like made these decisions themselves. It's these properties, these dud properties, for what have you, it's been made for them by property investment professionals. It's been made from for them by the like a, a a course guru, much like myself, or like a buyer's agent, or um, you know, even people even worse than buyers agents who are getting kickbacks from developers for for selling you a brand new stock, and it all sounds great, and it's all about retiring in seven years with a depreciation and living off the equity. And it, that that's be, that was like genuinely my surprise. It's like these mistakes haven't been because they didn't know anything and they just bought in their backyard. It's not been because they listened to a friend, although that stuff exists, but it's like the mistakes are because they went with the wrong property professional. There's lots of good ones out there as well, don't get me wrong, and you have plenty on your show. But I don't know if this is a fair statement, but in my experience, having looked at these thousands of portfolios, I literally know every buyer's agent and where they're buying at any time. Most of them, more than 50%, really don't know what they're doing. Mm, yeah, I'm going to come back to that in a minute uh, because I think it's uh, it's something that we really do need to dive into. But on the flip side of the mistakes then, uh, given... Uh, your own experience and and what you've seen in others uh, so far. What do you believe are the actual keys to successful investment and why? I think the key um, to to any successful investment is to know it inside out. So whether it's a, let's say a strategy, okay? So you've got a spectrum of very passive buy and hold. I'm just going to set and forget all the way on the other side of the spectrum to like active commercial developments or renovations or flipping or anything in the middle with rooming houses, DHA property, uh, you know, NDIS property, you know, like there's a million different strategies, regardless of what it is, you should know it inside out. Okay. And, and that's the secret to success. You should, if you even have a glimmer of doubt about a strategy or what to speak a suburb or what to speak of the property that you're going to buy in that suburb, then please, please, please don't be shy 
to either ask the professional who's selling it to you or get enough educated so you can make that that decision yourself. If you even have a glimmer of hope and set aside, you know, when you're, especially the first property, Bushy, there's so much like effort that's gone into it. You've bigged it up so much that by the end of it, you're like, even if it's not great, I just want to do it because I just want to be done with it, right? I just I just want to get have at least one under my belt and then I'll start taking things more seriously. Um, that's just the biggest mistake. Don't let your emotions get the better of you. If you need to say no to 20 properties before you get that 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 final one, say no to 20. Say no to if the buyer's agent is saying, mate, you know, Bushy, we've already presented you 20 properties. Like you're taking the piss. I don't care. Like I'm not gonna buy it until I'm completely convinced. And it's the right one. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Being having the the guts to say no and and not allow your own impatience to get in the way of a good decision is absolutely spot on. Because the one thing that you and I know is that there is thousands of property opportunities out there, and, and it's changing every day. So if you say no to one, that's not like there aren't going to be any more. So uh, I love that. Uh, you, you've touched on this a number of times during our conversation. That is the importance of a data led approach. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about your own unique data-led uh, approach to property? Because I think, it uh, again, uh, there's data and then there's data. Uh, yeah. A lot of people bury potential investors with data that doesn't make any difference, actually. In fact, it can take them in the wrong direction. Can you sort of expand on that a bit for us? Yeah, sure. So, like, the way that I've understood it for myself, at least, is that there is... I mean, there's different layers, but to simplify it, there's macroeconomic data and then there's microeconomic data. Macroeconomic data, it's very hard to predict anything, right? You can say that inflation rises and therefore interest rates rise and property markets fall. That's kind of logical, but if you look at the history of property in Australia, there's no correlation between interest rates and, and property. No. Um, what to speak of unemployment, you know, like... Um, there's so many instances of places with 10% unemployment doubling in the next five years. So when, when you take these, what the media talks about, these clickbaity things, it just confuses you. You're like a ragdoll, you're just getting pushed around everywhere. Yep. So what I try to ex, uh, be an expert in is microeconomic data down to the LGA, what we call SA3 to use an ABS term, or ultimately suburb level. And this is where you can actually start drawing more concrete and conclusive inferences between historical and forward-looking data and predictive capital growth. For example, um, a really simple statistic like stock on market. Stock on market suggests that in a suburb of all the properties, how many in terms of percentage are for sale? Now, of course, supply is the enemy of growth. We want supply to be low. Okay, so there's one thing that correlates with capital growth, but not by itself. And this is the mistake that people, they're like, okay, I know one or two stats. It's like, okay, now I can go find a place to invest in. You actually need to have enough checks and balances, 10, 20, 30 data factors, be clinical, be specific, be serious. And if all of them are pointing in the right direction, so some others are a days on market. You know, you don't need to pay for a course to just figure out what the days on market. If it's taking four months to sell a property, chances are like demand isn't strong, right? Chances are capital growth isn't about to occur. But if it had been taking four months and now it's taking two months and it's likely to take just one month, now you're onto something. Now you're onto a trend. Then you compare it to something like building approvals. Okay, stock on market is low. Supply is low. 
What about their future pipeline of building approvals in that suburb or around that, that suburb? If that's huge, then the current growth that that suburb is experiencing is going to dissipate very quickly. But if there's no pipeline for any more developer activity, then that current pressure in the environment, in that market, that environment is going to last. So there's so many things you can you can ascertain that with both uh, macro and micro. But really, the in my experience, the to geek out for a second, the statistical correlation using a, a multi-linear methodology is more statistically reliable um, at a microeconomic level. 100% agree. I, 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 mean, I, I guess I've been saying for some time now that uh, the, the thing we need to be very wary of uh, is sentiment because a lot of the sentiment now is media-driven and the media focuses on the macro, which is designed to scare the hell out of us doing anything in actual fact, and but just to keep our eyeball glued to the, the nightly news. So there's some real danger in that perception thing. But if we come back to that, and, and 100% agree, if we're diving into the micro level, which is happening on the local, local level, then we've got a much better chance of really understanding what's going and ignoring that noise because of the demand supply exercises are speaking very clearly through data that everyone can get their hands on, then why overcomplicate it or, or need to go much beyond that? Now, I, I love and that. And you can also disprove things that are really interesting, Bushy. Like I, sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just this came to my mind. It's like, you know, traditional folklore would suggest that if a area has high incomes and has always had high incomes, that that's where the most property price growth occurs in the future. It's very interesting that the actual opposite exists, that those areas that haven't had high growth, but are experiencing high growth in incomes now, I'm talking incomes, that is where price growth outperforms over the long term. So it's like, it's not the absolute level of data that matters, but rather trends. It, that is kind of where the secret source is. Ten, absolutely. It's changes that we're looking for, not what's happening right. here and now. And, that, and that's the danger, I think. I, I don't, love your thoughts on this as well, but I get very frustrated with a lot of commentators who talk about property markets, which in my view don't exist because every property in every street and every area is different from the other. There's no apples for apples comparisons. And then there's a total reliance on median prices, which again, uh, don't tell a true story. Because if you've got a quality property in a quality location, the median price means nothing. Yeah. Uh, so you, what what's your read of all of that? Yeah, I mean, you, I kind of hit the nail on, on the head. I, I'll just take an example of like where I live um, here. This is a place called Sorrento in, in the Gold Coast. And there are almost like three markets within this suburb. There are properties on the on the waterfront, on the canal, and then there are properties on like more the main road area. And then there are properties that aren't on the main road, but aren't on the canal either. And you found that even despite Gold Coast price, property prices dropping, property in general going down a lot in Australia, like let's be honest, these waterfront properties have actually gone up. Believe it or not, I'm not, not even lying, right? The main road properties have gone down 25%. 25% and the ones in the middle are somewhere in the middle. So it's like within the same suburb, you'd say, oh, PK, you're making stuff up. I, I can look up Bundle, I can look up Sorrento and I can tell you that the median has gone down, but it's like, hey, if I was to sell my house today, I'd get more than a year ago. Absolutely. And this is this is the the big miss, I think. And, and, and again, I think a lot of property players, because they focus on these at medium average levels and not focus on quality because quality always outperforms and as long as you know what quality is when it comes to property 
And then you you can create your own economy within property by just focusing on property, regardless of what's happening with uh, market movements. Uh, if you're making sure that it's an investment grade property with owner occupier appeal, so that you're making sure that you're appealing to the broad buyer market, then those properties are always going to do well. And and there's plenty of evidence of that. I mean, from the sinking values perspective, I've been expecting it because, you know, again, I'm a bit old and crusty, PK, but uh, every time we see a rapid rise, particularly on a broad scale like we did post-COVID, then it's it's normal for prices to soften. But the, the really challenging part now, particularly for investors who got excited about around the FOMO and the hoo-ha that was talked about property in the good times uh, 12 months ago, is that unless they're focusing on that uh, really A-grade quality property uh, that, that's had the, the data-led uh, growth drivers that are supporting it, a lot of a lot of property in a lot of areas are going to go down and then flatline for an, ex- an extensive yeah. period of time. Yeah. So that, that quality focus is is more important now than it's ever been, although it's always been important, I believe. Uh, I'd love now to shift into, because you've, you've developed your uh, property investment accelerator course. Talk to us a bit more, more about what that's about, why you created it, what are some of the key messages that come out of it, and who's best suited to uh, take advantage of that? Yeah, sure. And and I probably preface this with saying that um, before considering any course, like people need to be utilizing the free education available to them through diverse um, mediums and and diverse people that put content out there. Like that's the first thing, not everyone needs a course. Um, But in terms of the property investment accelerator course, I saw that there was really nothing in the market that was a completely independent that didn't have any upsell or you got, you want coaching. That's an extra 3000. You want the tools. That's an extra 2000. Oh, by the way, here's a house and land package. I prepared like just, just education for education's sake. There was nothing in Australia like that uh, without some sort of um, you know conflict of interest or innuendo. Um, the people that it's for, I mean, I can just tell you who my typical client is. They're sort of in mostly Sydney or Melbourne. Um, they are kind of priced out, right? So they're like, okay, uh, we do want to become property investors, but do we really want to pay $800,000 for somewhere past Penrith that's going to be 3%, 4% yield? No. Um, so I, they want to be interstate. When it comes to interstate, they're like, okay, I kind of know Sydney and kind of know Melbourne because I've lived there for a number of years, but I don't know Perth, I don't know Brisbane, I don't know Adelaide, I don't know regional Australia at all. Um, and I don't want someone telling me where to invest. <laughs> like that is like critical. My clients do not want me to say, by the way, don't ask questions. Here's the contract. Trust me, sign on the dotted line. That is not what they want. Rather, they're the 10% of people. They actually are thinkers. They want to learn how to think. They want to make their own conclusions, the right strategy you know, for them, the right suburb, the right property, how to negotiate, how to get it perhaps a little bit under market value, sharp price, how to do all of that without catching a flight, you know, through local property managers, you know, people on your team that are working for you, not against you for free. You know, that's that's really important. And they want to do this sustainably. They want to build a skill and have a mentor at the ready on demand so that they can rinse and repeat. Because none of my clients are like, yeah, I'd be happy with one property. No, they're ambitious. Like they want to, it's not like they want to buy a Lamborghini, but like they just want to build a portfolio so they can effectively just get a comfortable living, right? Like just transition from active income to passive income. 
that's kind of it in a nutshell. I mean, I can go into the tools and the methodology and the videos and the community, but at the end of the day, like it gets the job done and that's who it gets the job done for. Well, you're rather than giving someone a fish, you're teaching someone how to fish so they can feed exactly. themselves forever, which is, which is, which is perfect. And I, I guess I, sort of leveraging off that, uh, in in the context of what we've been talking about today, what, what what is in your opinion the best way for DIY investors to develop their own strategy, buy into state, uh, buy good value properties, and be able to negotiate a property purchase? Can you talk us through that and perhaps give us an example or two? Sure, I give you like a a really. I always use this example, so people have probably heard this one before if they follow me, but um, I had this uh, client in 2019 or 20, his name's Bennett. He was a new migrant into Australia, literally only been here two years, lived in Melbourne, and he wanted to naturally do all of the above mentioned things. Um, so using the, the tools and the methodology that we provide, he built his own strategy. Now, his strategy is different from my strategy, different your strategy, different incomes, different serviceability, risk profile. He didn't want to be active. I'm happy to be active. He didn't want to be active. He wanted completely passive. So he built his own strategy. And the thing is, Bushy, that it's not like he just put down a few bullet points on a piece of paper. That's my strategy. Like He actually used the financial models that we provide and built out a cohesive strategy. Okay, number of properties, the frequency, this is the serviceability. This is how I can do it. It's not like just arbitrary 10 properties in 10 years. He worked with an accountant and mortgage broker to do that. And he was confident this is the foundation. He identified a suburb called Pacific Pines in the Gold Coast using the data methodology that we that we teach. And we give all the data. It's not my data, but we teach them how to use it. Um, and Pacific Pines in, in 2020, this is in the Gold Coast. Um, and so he selected the, the suburb completely remotely, confidence in the data. Then he uh, used data plus local property managers that we gave him to find the right pockets, the right street in Pacific Pines. And he's just built a relationship. Now he has an accent, like he's not like a true blue Aussie or anything like that. He has an accent, but he kind of overcame that shyness and just, you know, over a course of three weeks, every Monday, 10 minutes, he built a relationship with a few agents. And one time this agent called him on a Wednesday and she said, look, there's this um, couple who live in this property. They want to, um, they want to sell it because they're having some issues domestically. They don't want it to be public. It's kind of embarrassing for them. This property is yours if you want it. Right. And of course, off-market deals are always a little bit smelly. They're too good to be true. What, what's up with it? But this had just happened to be one of those deals where he got the property manager in. Nothing was wrong with it. Stacked up from a data perspective. He did his valuation. And because they were in a they were motivated sellers, he got it at a sharp price. It was valued at high 500s. He got it for mid 500s. Awesome. Um, and then and that thing has gone up. I mean, everyone knows you know how much it's gone up in Gold Coast. It's like worth 800 something now. Um, and like what what really... What I'm really proud of is that this was a guy, Bennett, um, that knew nothing about property before, but he was willing to go outside his comfort zone. He was willing to pick up the phone. He was willing to trust data and, and he backtested it to make sure that it was it was legit. He was willing to lean on the team around him, like conveyances, like building and pest inspector. I mean, he didn't catch a flight up to up to the Gold Coast. He was you know, the building and pest inspector, the property manager did all the due diligence for him. And like, it's just happy days since then. So like that, that's kind of what we do. And I think I should also make this point that anyone can do this. Like you don't actually need to do my course. You definitely don't need a buyer's agent. 
but anyone can do this. If you have the wherewithal with data, you can pick up the phone, talk to local um, property managers. You can buy anywhere around Australia, high growth, high yield properties. Um, but to take your analogy just one step further, the fishing, um, I find that some people, if you give them all the tools, all the knowledge, they have that fishing rod, they've hooked the fish and they're reeling it in but it's just like a really big fish. Sometimes they just need an extra pair of hands like on that fishing rod to just to help you know, pull it in. And that helps them with the confidence, just that extra assurance that they're doing the right thing. And then would you just kind of get that fish over, over on top of like the platform that you're on, the jetty or whatever, then you can let go of the, the fishing rod. And they're like, I did this myself. And that's a really cool feeling. Love it. Love it. Uh, we, I, we've touched on this subject a little bit and, and, and what I like, love about what you've just shared there uh, it, it's definitely important to have good independent professionals who don't have a vested interest, like the property manager, like the building inspector, like a good mortgage broker who can help you with capacity, uh, like a good accountant who can and help you with entities and all the rest of it. The the uh, the outlier here, to some degree, that we've spoken about a little bit is the buyer's agents. Talk to us about uh, your thoughts on buyers agents in a bit more detail and, and other property pr professionals as far as uh, an investor's needs are concerned. Sure. And once again, I'll preface this, but I have nothing against buyers agents. And actually, um, I think we've produced more than 75 buyers agents through the course as well. People who didn't want to be buyers agents, but just fell in love with property, became buyers agents. So I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for good buyers agents but like i said before i feel that most aren't good and even if they aren't are good they're a bit like gardeners so let, let's take that analogy you know if, if you have a garden we're talking gardening before before we hit record and i was spending the morning doing gardening you know to, to do gardening you do need to put in some time right the best fertilizer is the gardener's shadow so you need to put in a bit of time and you also need the right tools, right? You need like the, the whippersnipper, you need the lawnmower, you know, some gloves, some some tools and stuff. Now, the, the thing that people kind of get into this trap of is thinking, I don't have the tools and I don't have the time. The reality is that you might think doing gardening takes a lot of time, but if you have a bit of knowledge, you can expedite it, okay? So you don't need to take trial and error and plant the wrong flower only to realize that you plant it in the wrong season or in the wrong location, you can just go on YouTube. Not that I'm saying properties like this exactly, but you can go on YouTube and say when to plant this flower. Okay, where? how much shade does it need? How much sun? Just with a bit of knowledge, you don't have to do the trial and error. You can get it perfect every time. And with the tools, I mean, we're not living in the 60s. We're not living in the 70s. This is 2023. All the data is online. People will tell you they have their proprietary data, that their data is somehow magical. Guys, it all ultimately comes from domain, core logic, and ABS. Like, let's let's be honest. Okay, you can package it up and you know pivot it whatever way you want, but it all comes from the same providers, and it costs them millions of dollars to maintain. So no one else is doing that as a private enterprise. Um, so the data, go down to Bunnings, get your tools. All right, just hop on those websites, get the tools. Same analogy. And in terms of time, all right. Property investors who know what they're doing through education take about three to five hours a week over one or two months to buy a property. Now, if you don't have that, like if you don't have five hours a week, three to five over a couple of months, sure, pick up the phone, get Jim's mowing or get a gardener to come out and help you. But if you do have that time, you can do it yourself. And the thing is that buyers agents, uh, the argument, right, is that they're professionals. Bushy, would you um, do a 
kidney transplant by yourself or would you get a, a surgeon to do that? Would you get a root canal done yourself or would you get a dentist to, to do hundred percent of people go to the dentist, hundred percent of people go to surgeons, more than 95% of people don't use a buyer's agent. So yes, they're professionals, but a different type of professional, a more discretionary, nice to have professional, not a professional in the sense that to change in the wiring in this house, I'm definitely going to use an electrician. They're not electricians. They're not dentists. They're not surgeons. All right. They're gardeners. Gardeners are also professionals, guys. Let's not diss gardeners. They're respectable people, but they're not necessary. And that's my that's my philosophy. They're not necessary. The reason people use them more often than not is because all the content in Australia is consumed or, or like dominated by buyers agents. They tell you if they, if you don't use them, you're going to make mistakes. And I just, I'm not a big fan of that fear mongering. I've in my experience genuinely found that with the right tools, with a dollop of education, and just with that right amount of time, you can do it yourself. Yeah, one hundred percent agree, and and I, I, I mean I'm advocate of buyers agents for the right purpose and and the right one, and it's like anything, if you're going to use a professional, use a good professional because there's some pretty average professionals out there, and unfortunately the buyers agency industry because of the way they get paid, there's a, a subconscious pressure for them to get you to buy a property quickly because if you don't, then they don't get paid. So I think there's some structural issues actually with the whole buyers agency framework that gets in the way of of uh, good situations. And and certainly if if you don't have time and you, you aren't able to invest in your own knowledge, do do the due diligence to make sure you get a good buyer's agent. But if you're going to be serious about treating your portfolio as a business, which which we've both touched on, then you need to invest in your knowledge. And once you've invested in that knowledge, and you don't need that person to do the running around because you can do it yourself. Now, I, I, I love your thoughts on that. Mate, um, I, I want to shift now into a bit of a your read of what you're seeing with property conditions at the moment, and because uh, there's a lot of lot of talk in in various uh, forums at the moment. You know, should I buy now or wait? And what and where are the best opportunities? Can you give us your your read of read of that? And I'll preface this by saying yeah. we're not giving any advice here. Uh, sure. <laughs> because everyone's situation is different and everyone's needs are different. But but I'd, I'd love you to sort of balance the equation because there's still a lot of fear out there in the marketplace. Mm. And, uh, you know, a bit of a, if we use a, a, a bushy buffetism, uh, it's times like these that often the best opportunities arise because everyone's scared and paralyzed and sitting like a rabbit in front of a, the spotlights. What What's your read of the current scenario? Um. So I think people like me who have something to sell always say it's a good time to buy, right? We're incentivized to say that. Um, I like to think about it in a more nuanced way. I think there's always locations in Australia that are worth not buying in and that there are always locations in Australia that are worth buying in. There's buying windows. You're either in it or you're not. It's quite simple. So I think the the whole property landscape, like you alluded to earlier, Bushy, like very accurately, we've just had like record price growth. That's unsustainable. It doesn't happen forever. The average boom in Australia, if you look at 70 years of history, goes for about two to four years. Yep. We started at the end of 2020. It was still growing like, like last year, let's be honest. Yeah. So it kind of went for about two years. So, you know, just two and a half years then there has to be a dip. There has to be some sort of correction. That's perfectly normal. Nothing to freak out about. Yeah. At the same time, that is the macro Australian property markets trajectory. Within the micro 
if you talked about a property boom at the start of 2021 in Sydney, people in Perth would have been like, what, like what boom? Like, what are you guys talking about? There's no boom over here, right? So yeah. the whole point is that there's different cycles for every market. Every city, every suburb has its own cycle. And so the whole point is that, yes, we should be afraid of investing if we don't know what we're doing. If you are, are just following someone blindly or if you're like, you know, your friends made money in the boom and over the last two years, you're like, ah, oh, FOMO, I've missed out. I'm just going to buy anything. Please don't do that. Please keep your money in your own pocket. But if you actually know what you're doing, it's always a good time to buy. And I've, I'm very open about the areas that we're buying in, like pockets of Townsville, pockets of Perth, especially North Perth. You know, it's it's really, really attractive. And two, one really cool point that you made earlier um, around markets within markets, within a suburb, the medians can be misleading. You need to buy, especially in these times, properties that will last the, the test of time that you know, the own occupier appeal will always be there. You don't need to be a waterfront property. You know, even if it's a 400K suburb, buy in the best area within that 400K suburb because the locals, the demographic that loves that suburb, you know, they're going to love the best suburb, the best pockets of that suburb all the time. The bottom areas or the worst areas in the suburb, those are the ones that tank. So, yeah, I mean, there's still opportunities in, in parts of um, South Australia. In fact, North Adelaide, not that... I'm a big fan of Elizabeth or surrounds by any stretch of the imagination, um, but that's still growing and you wouldn't know it if you had just been media, Sydney, Melbourne centric in your um, consumption of con of content. So look, I, I don't think there's anything to freak out about. I'm a big believer of timing the market and time in the market. Both, I think both are important. Yep. So to try to catch a falling knife in Sydney, you know, may not be the the best strategy, but even in Sydney, there's areas that aren't really falling right now. So yeah, it behooves everyone to get some education and and ask ourselves to ourselves better questions than is it a good time to buy right now, but rather where and how. Yeah, and what exactly and right? What? A yeah. Combination of all of those. Now, I love that. That's a that's a that's a, a great response. Thanks, mate. Because it's it's uh, if you think borderless. And and because every area is going through uh, different elements of the cycle and they're all out of sync with each other generally, uh, then there's a world of opportunity out there because, it, as you know, there's over 15,000 different suburbs and nearly 11 million properties in the country. So if you know where to look and you know what you're looking for uh, within the confines of what your capacity is and, and most importantly, your affordability. Uh, mm. One of the elements that I'd say a lot of uh, investors ignore or, or put very cursory input into is what's the actual cash flow affordability this property going to be when every cost involved in buying and holding its concern. Uh, you know, I'd, I'm sure you do this, but I'd, some of the work that we do when we're helping investors, we we actually get right down to tin tax to work out how much per week in year one, three, five, 10, 15, beyond this property is actually going to cost or put in your pocket so that there's no secrets or surprises and they're, they're comfortable that it is going to be affordable to hold. Because if you're holding a property for 10, 15 or more years and your life changes to the point where suddenly you can't afford it and you have to fire sale a property, you've just you've just shipwrecked your whole strategy. So uh, so all of those elements are important, mate. Uh, we could talk about this for, for hours and uh, we will at, at a later point. I, I'm, I'm pretty keen to keep the conversation going because the more I talk to you, the more I know we're on the same page in relation to uh, you know, the, the quality information that people need to hear. 
But, mate, I'm going to jump into what I affectionately refer to as the bushfire lightning round or the ambush round, which are the old yeah. uh, podcast fast-forward questions that you always get with a cigarette and a blindfold to answer. <laughs> and, the, yeah. and, the, and the time starts now. So uh, you mentioned a couple already, but what's your favourite quote and why? I think it's um, happiness unshared can scarcely be called happiness. Um, and I think that is by Charlotte Bronte, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, I, I completely agree with it. The why is, I've experienced it. Yeah. Happiness in a, own a mansion by yourself who wants to live that you, you need people to share um, your happiness with. Love it. Love it. So that's a, a great, I haven't actually heard that one. So that, that is a cracker. Uh, shifting into a literary field for a minute, what's the top book that you'd recommend we read and why? The top book um, is, there's so many books. Uh, recently, I read uh, this one by uh, Jay Shetty. It's He's actually a friend of mine from many, many years ago. We went to a, a monastery together. That's another story. Um, oh. But it's Think Like a Monk. Think Like a Monk. So um, the reason for that is he, he talks about how we in our mind, we should think like an entrepreneur, but in our heart, we should act like a saint, like Mother Teresa or something like that. So this kind of confluence of two worlds is really interesting to me. Love it. Love it. That's, that's brilliant. I haven't read that one either, so I'm going to make sure I do. Uh, switching back into the investment sphere for a minute, what's both the worst and the best piece of investment advice that you've ever received today? Um, the best piece of investment advice is, is buy a property. I'll keep it simple. Um, <laughs> I followed it. It worked. Uh, and, and the worst piece of investment advice is buy property. <laughs> two-edged sword exactly right it's uh it's like you know yeah that, that that's my answer i won't elaborate further <laughs> no and I, I think in the context of everything we talked about that that's pretty self-evident what that what that means so uh, th thanks for bringing that back into our foresight mate uh, final question uh what's a personal happy habit rewarding ritual or daily discipline that you employ that you think's contributed most to your investment success today um, I meditate every day in the morning. Um, I try to do it for 90 minutes, if not longer. Uh, it's, it's not perfect. <laughs> Mine goes crazy. Um, but meditation, I've been doing that since I was, um, like in high school, um, and more, more seriously since university and it's changed my life. I think meditation gets all the credit to any small things that I've achieved. Love it. That, that sort of self-reflection without without reflecting to some degree uh, it's amazing what comes out of that exercise just being non-judgmental just not not uh, not beating yourself up not beating others up just observing your thoughts for what they are love it love it mate uh, really enjoyed our conversation uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, doing more of this but um if we were to summarize our conversation today what are the key takeaways uh, that investors should take away from what we've talked about i think from a finance or wealth perspective no one cares about your money as much as you do your future as much as you do and you know really the best investment the best real estate that you can invest in is the six inches between your two ears i really 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 firmly believe that um you know being that top 10 percent, the people who actually think have the right team around you but question everything question them question yourself 
enjoy the journey. It's not about financial independence. You know, it's like concept. It was never about financial independence. That's not financial happiness is not the goal of life. It helps, but it's not the goal of life. And um, what else did we talk about? I think, you know, the process of buying data, like I, I kind of trip myself up because on one hand, I espouse all these spiritual things, but at, at the end of the day, you know, to, where the, the rubber hits the road, it's all about data. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are, how great your marketing um, budget is. Data is cold, objective, hard fact. And that is what makes you rich, not anything else. Love it. Love that. It removes our... Uh... Our perceptions and our uh, our own judgments that we apply to things, and if it's cold hard facts, and you're looking at them over time, so you can read that read the trends. That's that's where the magic sits. Love that, uh, mate. Um, in sort of bring it to a close, what's what's new and next for you? Um, I mean, like I kind of gave that piece of advice to myself when I was uh, younger. I'm actually looking to just connect with more amazing people. Um, like you know, genuinely speaking, like sincerely, like you, Bushy. Um, you know, there's so many investors in Australia and just not investors as well that um, are just, they have stories to tell and we can learn from their stories and they're remarkable, inspirational people. So I think this next chapter of my life is just connecting with as many people as I can to, um, yeah, to, to absorb that knowledge. I love it. I love it. Uh, for those that have really resonated with your message today, then PK, uh, how can they find out more or get more involved with you? Sure. The brand is Australian Property Mastery with PK. There's a YouTube channel, um, you know, 20,000 subscribers. There's a podcast, there's a Facebook community. It's a group of 30,000 people, um, all the other socials. Yeah. Just, just get in, just get stuck with that in, stuck into that free education. And then we can talk about the course at some other time. <laughs> yeah, and no, I love it. If you, uh, the, the, the challenge for a lot of investors is in immersing themselves in a safe environment where they can openly ask questions and learn without having something shoved down their throat. Yeah, Very few of those, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I love what you're doing in that space uh, and creating that sort of collaborative uh, co-learning community yeah, where, you, where you can share equally and, and pick things up as you go. So I look, uh, PK, I really uh, appreciate your very generous time today. Uh, I am uh, seriously looking forward to continuing the conversation and uh, appreciate you joining us to share your worth of wisdom. I'm very grateful. It's my honour. Thank you so much, Bushy. Thanks, PK. Thanks for getting invested. Now, here's three easy ways you can take action to start making it happen to ensure you build momentum and start living by design, not default, so that you're following your freedom formula. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and keep the weekly inspiration coming. Secondly, get a copy of my book, Get Invested for free and find out what it takes for you to invest in living more and working less. Just visit bushymartin.com.au forward slash books or knowhowproperty.com.au or click on the links in the show notes. And thirdly, join me and the Get Invested community. Each month, I send a free and exclusive email full of practical self-health and wealth wisdom that our current Freedom Fighter subscribers can't wait to get. Just visit bushymartin.com.au, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. And there you have it. In three easy steps, you're on your way to dusting off your forgotten dreams and making them a reality. Get Invested is proudly part of the Property Hub your home for property investment insights and inspiration. 
When you subscribe to the show, you get all of your Get Invested episodes, along with Realty Talk, Australia's longest running and leading online property show for red hot property investing news and insights direct from all of the industry leaders and influencers. And finally, feel free to connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, as I'd love to hear your feedback, your inspiration, your ideas, and your questions and queries anytime. Thanks for listening. Hear you next week. And as always, dream as if you'll live forever and live as if the day's your last. Music